Hi, and welcome to the GMC podcast, the place where you can listen to the weekly word from God and find other highlights from the team at GMC, Gillespie Memorial Church in Dunfermline, Scotland. In this podcast, we bring you the sermon series, Trinity, Understanding the Person of God. Each week, we will take a look at a different aspect of the nature of God, God who is the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and Holy Spirit, as we hope to cast some light and wisdom upon the complexity of the three persons of the one true Godhead, the mystery of the Trinity. But before the message, let's come to the Lord in prayer. One, we are here physically, Lord, in your sanctuary, but where are our minds? Two, what thoughts, distractions, worries, concerns are filling our heads just now? Three, let them fade, Lord. Let the incessant noise cease. Let them disappear so it is still. And we can truly focus on you. Four. Can you hear that, Lord? Can you hear us breathing? Can you feel our pulses, the blood pumping through our veins, our hearts beating? Five. How many hairs on our head do we have? What are the colour of our eyes? What brings us joy? What makes us sad? Six. You know the answers to all these questions because you lovingly created us. You individually knitted us together in our mother's wombs. You know us intimately. Seven. You graciously placed unique talents and gifts in each and every one of us, all to be used, whatever our age, to further the work of your kingdom in order to create heaven on this earth. How can we ever thank you for such an amazing blessing? Eight, we know that you want us to support and care for one another, always putting others' needs before our own. Please teach us to be good neighbours, to be selfless. Show us how to be a family, your family. Nine, you have given us life, the chance to live life to the full. Please help us, Lord, not to waste or throw away this opportunity. Ten, as we journey through Lent towards the cross, We would humbly ask that you fill us with your Holy Spirit. Make us strong and resolute, Lord, so that we can fall to our knees and declare our sins at the foot of the cross and seek your forgiveness and guidance. And when we stand, let us stand tall, strengthened by you, jubilant and luminous with your love, secure in the knowledge that we are yours, and you will never leave us, 
nor harm us. Ready or not, here you come, Lord. Although we are your children, help us to realise and accept that we cannot play hide and seek with you when we don't want to talk to you and we try to block you out. The shadows, they cannot camouflage us and the darkness cannot hide us like a blanket when we don't want you to see us and see what sinful things we are doing and thinking. But you are always with us. Darkness and light are the same to you. You are our saviour, our rock, our anchor, our teacher, our counsellor, our father. And we love you, Lord. Help us to be true children of God. Amen. Following that time of prayer, I hope your heart has been stilled and prepared for God's word to reach you where you are today. If anything you hear from our preacher today, from the word of God and the sermon challenges you, may be raising questions, then contact us. If you want to know more about how we can support you in your faith, or indeed, maybe help you in your questioning of faith, we'd love to help you get to know the Lord or go deeper with him. Or maybe you'd like to support GMC financially in our ministry for the kingdom. If so, then please get in touch through the contact us on our website page, gillespiechurch.org, or via our Facebook page. Now, over to our preacher. So this morning, uh, we're continuing our focus on the Trinity in this series uh, and we moved last week into God the Father. Last week David spoke about God's omnipotence. God the Father, all-powerful. Today I move to God's omnipresence. His presence everywhere at the same time. Um, but I thought perhaps before we delve into that, we should understand a couple of fundamentals about God uh, why? Because it's necessary. It's necessary that we know God. Uh, it's not an academic exercise, it's, uh, though it, it is in some sense, but it's an existential one. Because what we think about God, what we understand about God matters. Because if we have a wrong understanding of God, we will find ourselves worshipping a false God. What we as human beings, as Christians, worship shapes who we are. God says, you shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. The first commandment. So it's pretty clear that in relationship with God, God alone is due our worship. So if we don't know who God is, how do, you, do we know whom we are worshipping? So I kind of open with that just to say that understanding the nature of God is important. So a couple of things before I move to the readings. This morning I'm interweaving the readings into the sermon. So the first thing is that God self-exists. What does that mean? His existence 
existence is not contingent upon anything or anyone. He is outside of creation. He was before all there was, is, and what is to come. So although creation is dependent upon God, he is absolutely independent of creation. He has life himself. He is the source of all life. Uh, in other words, God's the prime mover, the first cause. He is it. And in that, in that sense of who God is, actually he is outside of our realm of understanding. So I could pack up and leave now. Because to try and reach God and understand God is an almost impossible task. Uh, to get complete understanding, perfect knowledge is beyond our grasp. Yet, yet we can discern God. We can know him. Although he is self-sufficient and therefore unchangeable, and he is unchangeable, it means his nature is always the same. It does not mean that God is not compassionless. It doesn't mean that he doesn't feel, have emotion. Uh, right through scripture, throughout the words of the Bible, it describes God who is personal, he feels deeply, he knows us, he longs to know us. And through him wanting to know us, we can come to know him. I mean, in so many places we hear of God's emotion. There's anger, Psalm 7.11, Deuteronomy 9.22, Romans 1.18. Uh, I could go through a long list of different Bible readings. It would take up uh, too much of the sermon, but God shows anger. He shows compassion. He shows grief, love, hate, jealousy, joy. Yet he is also a fixed being, unchangeable. One in whom we find eternal truth, the truth. But we as human beings, me as a minister, find it hard to vocalize God's truth because, after all, we're limited. We are limited by our experience, our language, our physicality, our geography. Humans are limited beings. We are not immortal beings on this earth. Our bodies are immortal. Uh, sorry, are mortal. We do not have the capability to fully understand the limitlessness of God. But even so, that's what we're attempting to do during this series. Uh, and I say us because there are others involved. No uh, big ask here, Lee, Maggie, and David, um, to try and make God known. The oneness of God, the uniqueness of the three persons of the Godhead in all their complexity. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to speak a little bit about what the omnipresence of God is and then look at a few scripture verses to illuminate that. So the first thing, about omnipresence is to know that human presence is both time and place bound. So right now, here in Gillespie Memorial Church, as you sit and listen to me, 
or as those who will listen on a podcast later, wherever they might be, you are bound by the ticking of a clock. There's a clock at the back here ticking, or your wristwatch, or your mobile phone clock. You are time-bound here. And you're also bound by the geography. You're sitting in a chair right here. You're not somewhere else. You're present here. You cannot be in two places at the same time. So we can inhabit two places at the same time, and neither can we inhabit different moments in time. Humans do not possess omnipresence. But God, well, he's unlimited in both. So the second point, God is unlimited in time. His realm is eternity. Let that sink in for a few minutes. Eternity. Infinity. Unendingness is the realm of God our Father. I don't know about you, I I find it hard to wrap my head around that concept. Infinity. Think about God being before everything and being the creator of everything. It means he is above or outside of everything, but it doesn't mean that he's static and not involved in creation, just that he is not bound by the time frame of creation. The God of the Bible is in relationship with his creation and so has chosen to reveal himself to us, to humanity, in time. He's not bound by time, but he has also chosen to inhabit time because it's the only realm we inhabit. We, we can't almost know God in his infiniteness. So he comes to us in our finiteness. God is above time. He reveals himself in time. That might sound illogical, but it's not. We may find it difficult to comprehend, but that's our limitation, not God's. Really, in this whole pursuit of understanding God, I would say we just need humility. If you hold on to your humility, you'll be fine. Be humble in admitting you can't know everything of God. So humans are both time-bound and place-bound. God is not time-bound. And the third point is God is also unlimited in place, in geography. He is everywhere. It's impossible to escape or hide from God. He's in everything. Though it doesn't mean he cannot appear in a localized way. He appears throughout Scripture. The Old Testament, he appears to, among others, Adam and Noah, Abraham, Jacob, Moses, Samuel. All of these people have an experience of coming before the living God, before the Lord, before Yahweh. And then, of course, the New Testament, Jesus. God's Son is revealed to many. God revealed in a very localized way, in a very small place. Born in Bethlehem, Jesus the Nazarene, his teaching ministry throughout what we call Israel today, the Holy Land. 
So yes, there was a place and time boundness to the Son of God at a particular time. And in a sense, he was time bound. Jesus couldn't be in Jerusalem and Capernaum at the same time. He was spatially restricted, he was time restricted, but God was not. This is where we get into the complexity. Jesus' earthly ministry is evidence of the three persons of the Trinity because we hear him pray to his Father in heaven. Yet the Godhead also remains one with the Father. Jesus said, the works I do in my Father's name testify about me. And then he goes on, I and the Father are one. I and the Father are one. Jesus present on earth, Father in heaven, are one. It's complex, isn't it? But there's the third person. God meets us today through Holy Spirit. At Pentecost. And since then, we're met in a localized way by the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is present everywhere all at the same time. God, so, in other words, God meets us in his word, in his spirit, in our present time. He's done so in the past, is doing so now, and will in the future. God meets us where we are in our limited place, in our limited time. But he is not bound by time or place. He is omnipresent. Let's have our first reading. It's Genesis 3, verses 8 to 13. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some of the fruit from the tree and I ate it. There's blame shifting if ever I saw it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is it that you have done? What is this you have done? So here we are, the beginning. Here we are at the fall. The God in the garden. I wanted to start with this because this follows creation. We've had creation the six days and on the seventh day he rested and then it all starts to go wrong. God has been stepping out of his limitlessness to be in relationship with his created humans, in man and woman. In his image, he created them male and female. He is desiring this relationship to walk with them in the garden where they are. Yet they hide. They hide ashamed of their nakedness shamed by the guilt they have for the sin they've just committed. We'll hear next week when Lee speaks about omniscience. But knowing their sinfulness, God still seeks them out. He says, where are you? 
He knows they're there. He knows where they are. He is all-knowing, but he's all-present. Right there in, the, in front of these two human beings, at this particular point in time, God is present. He's present with us now, here and now, in this time and this place. So in other words, God could be anywhere, anywhere. There isn't anywhere he cannot be. Psalm 139. I'm taking verses 7 to 12 from this wonderful psalm. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Psalm 139 is one of David's most intensely personal reflections on a relationship, his relationship with God. That part of it I've just read is the second of four stanzas, if you like, of um, Psalm 139. Lee, next week, will use the first stanza, verses 1 through 6. As I said, he's going to talk about God's omniscience. But this part of Psalm 139 we've just heard speaks of place. Where can I go? Where can I flee? If I go up, if I make my bed in the depths, if I rise or if I settle, or if I retreat into the darkness. It's about getting away. It's about retreating from. David is naming all the places we can go to, in distance, in depth, in height, in rising and settling, and going into darkness. And that can mean so many things. It can mean going into the night, but it also can mean is going into the depths of sin and of despair and depression. And the answer to these questions of where can we go, where can David go where God is not? If you listen to the first one, where can I go from your spirit? Nowhere. Nowhere. God is present wherever he goes. And it's the same for you and I. David recognizes it. it there is nowhere you can retreat from God. And I love it that I'm, I'm focusing on God the Father here. But I can't avoid talking about the Trinity. God's present in the Spirit. But he's also present as one God. Keep talking about Lee next week. I hope I'm not heaping the pressure on you. Next week, when he preaches, he's going to preach about knowingness. But knowingness, omniscience, comes from omnipresent. God's present everywhere. He can't help but know everything. 
because God is everywhere, God will know all. And that's kind of scary. If I, let you, if I walked out here and let that sit with you now, that can be kind of scary. God is everywhere. Unsettling. That is if you are a person who is unsettled by God. If you listen to this psalm incorrectly, you hear the pleas that David just can't get away from God. God is everywhere David would go, even if he tries to hide. And that's scary only if you listen to the pleas, the petitions of where can I go, where can I flee to get away from you. But if you listen deeply to that psalm, and to listen to what David is writing about, he's talking about God's spirit, God's presence, the heaven above where God is, and the depths where God is, and the guiding hand that will hold him fast, and the light that is brought to the dark places. I'm not here this morning to do an exposition of Psalm 139, but if you read on in this psalm, David acknowledges he is God's creation. You know that word, he's, he's known, he's fearfully and wonderfully made. We heard it in Lorna's prayer. Why would God not guide and hold his creation strong and fast in his right hand? Why would he not shine light into the darkness of his creation? He wouldn't. Only if we shut him out. Only if we actively choose not to have God in our lives. That's when God everywhere becomes scary. If we acknowledge God, we accept his presence with us, always, all time, in all places. Short verse, chapter 8, verse 27 of 1 Kings. But will God really dwell on earth? The heavens, even the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this temple I have built. So here we're in the time of uh, Solomon. The Ark of the Covenant has been placed in the Holy of Holies, in the temple. And after that happens, a cloud comes, it fills the temple of the Lord. Solomon prays before the altar of the Lord and the whole company of Israel, and the glory of the Lord is here. If you remember, David wanted to build it. God said, no, you're definitely not doing it. You've been the king, but you've been a naughty boy. Your son's going to do it. But this prayer, and I've just taken this one line out of it, this prayer of Solomon. He deals with some of the mystery of God. This paradox of God's presence with us, seen here in this cloud of the glory of God filling the temple. Yet Solomon asked that question. There seems to be God dwelling among his people. But he says, will God really dwell on earth? God had come in a cloud accompanying Israel in their exodus from Egypt. God came in a cloud on Mount Sinai speaking to his people. He took residence over the tent of the tabernacle. 
Yet the idea, the idea of a building, a dwelling containing God is ridiculous. And Solomon's question seems to raise that. So why build the temple? It is because the temple and the holy holies, holy of holies within that represent God's presence with his people. Yet acknowledging, as Solomon does, that God, though present locally with his people, is also everywhere. Omnipresent. The highest heavens, he says, are not able to contain him. And so finally, to illustrate this talk about omnipresence, I'm going to take words from Jeremiah the prophet. Chapter 23, verses 23 and 24. Am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? Jeremiah is tackling lying prophets, deceivers. Jeremiah has harsh words for people, direct questions uh, that might seem at first unconnected. But he's aiming these questions at those in religious high places, those who are, have power and are deceiving people. And so there's these three questions raised by Jeremiah. So I'm going to read the question and then give a form of an answer. Jeremiah says of the Lord, am I only a God nearby and not a God far away? Am I only a God nearby? No. God is not confined to being close at hand, where people think he can be controlled. These false prophets were using God for their own ends, trying to contain God, thinking he can be controlled. But he doesn't serve only in the interests of the rich and powerful in ruling establishment. God is overall, is sufficient at a, and is also at a sufficient distance to be able to see and evaluate everything. Everything that's going on in time, history, and place. In wider society. Am I only a God nearby? Absolutely not. Second question. Who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them? Answer. Nobody. God cannot be blinded. No place is a hiding place from God. I was just thinking about the young people playing hide and seek in here in the dark. <laughs> hiding from each other. And they're in God's house. God's looking down on them and loving the joy that they're having. Nothing is hidden from God. No place is a hiding place. And we've already heard about that from David in Psalm 139. And the last question Jeremiah raises, do not I fill heaven and earth? Yes, he does. Yes, indeed. With such an omnipresent God, all the deceptions of false teachers, the evils perpetuated by the irreligious, by the unrepentant, they will all be exposed and judged. There is nowhere anyone can escape. And so I say that can be scary 
Omnipresence. It's a lot to fit in. It's a wide-reaching subject. Excuse the pun. But I wonder, are you thinking, what can I take from this sermon? I think it honestly depends on your attitude to God. If someone sees God as a far away deity, not personal, but distant, not present and relevant, but historical and irrelevant, then thinking of God as omnipresent, omnipresent could f- be fear-inducing. Just as Adam and Eve attempted to hide, many people today attempt to hide. Actually, most of them are doing so unknowingly hiding from God's presence. They have no idea of God. No idea that he's watching over what they're doing, how they're living. And if they did have an idea, maybe it might be fear-inducing. As Jeremiah preached to those who opposed God's way, there is no secret place to hide from the Lord our God. But if your attitude to God is somewhat different to that, if you know Jesus, if you accept him as Savior and Lord, if you acknowledge your need of him, if this is you, then my hope is that like David, knowing God's omnipresence, you will trust his hand will guide you. You will trust that his right hand will hold you fast. And that's where I am. For me, God's presence I find in his written word. I find it in his church. I find it in Holy Spirit touching my life. And I don't find these things fear-inducing because I know the Lord. I know my brokenness and I know I fail every day. But I know the Lord's got me and his grace covers me. And so I celebrate that God is in all places in all time. The presence in all things in all times in all places brings a comfort to my heart. For nothing is beyond the reach and the will of God. I trust and I hope you find that too. That you find that comforting. That you are secure in it. That nothing is beyond the reach and will of God. However joyous in your life, however much you're struggling. He knows you. May that knowledge bless you this day. Let's pray. Father God, you are an ever-present God. Through all time and history, past, present and future, in all places, in all places in our world, the high mountains, depths of the sea, the far places, the quiet places, the busy places, the cities, the rural getaways, the highland glens, the isles, the locks, in the workplaces, in the schools, in the churches, in the parks. Father, you are present everywhere. Father, we pray your presence in our lives and we pray your presence in our homes and the homes of those we love. Be with us this day. Guard our hearts and hold us fast in your right hand. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Thanks for listening to our Sunday podcast today from GMC in Dunfermline, Scotland. For more details about who we are, what we believe and how we serve, visit our website at gillespiechurch.org or find us on Facebook and YouTube. All inquiries can be made through the Contact Us page of our website or by calling the office. If you'd like to support our work with a few quid, then offerings can be made through the Support Us with Stewardship icon on the homepage of the website. This has been a production from GMC, including the pastors and tech team. All copyright remains with the producers. Today's episode was edited by Barbara Ann Howie, and the contributing music is Up to the Mood from Low Tree. Thanks for listening, and God bless.